0: this is john stepling this is aesthetic resistance and uh this is podcast god knows what uh this is podcast 97. wow Mm -hmm. we're zeroing in on a hundred uh podcast number 97 here on the 22nd i guess it is um uh, of December. My wife had a birthday party here tonight in very cold Norway with me from India, Varun Mather. Hi, Varun. Well, allegedly, he's there. Uh, from Japan, Johan Edebo. Johan? Good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: <laughs> Good morning for you very early. Um, thank you for showing up. Um, and And no. in Long Island? Uh, with his cigar, Hiroyuki Hamada. Hi, John. Hi. And uh, from the greater Toronto area, Corey Morningstar. Hi, Corey.
2: Hey, good afternoon.
0: Uh, okay, we it's been a month uh, and a couple of days, something like that, since the last podcast. Uh, I'm not sure it was just fatigue- and and burnout and we were thinking and are thinking of doing this with the video next time um and and all of that but this is this is the last one of this year probably and uh and it's christmas and we are witnessing uh, the the christmas time genocide in, in palestine and that's what we talked about last time when it was just beginning interestingly and and it of course has gone on and accelerated and intensified and is so horrifying and so hard to talk about and witness the images i mean this is the social media genocide the TikTok, instagram x twitter genocide it is it is being videoed on smartphones. It there is there is a level of evidence and proof to the Israeli crimes that that I think is very hard for those controlling the propaganda, trying to control the propaganda uh, in Tel Aviv, perhaps underestimated the 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 effect of of the images the horror of these images and and this brings up a topic i i i want to introduce as sort of the first thing to chat about uh, we mentioned in, and i linked to david sheen's lecture about uh the radical settler parties uh <clears throat> ben gavir and smolich and all these people and, and the extreme fanaticism they exhibit, their influence in the Knesset, the gun they have to Netanyahu's head, uh, figuratively, politically, they have a gun to his head. Not that he needs a gun to his head um, in the terms of, of his desire to commit genocide, but, but they have one nonetheless. So... Uh, What in the last month the thing that has struck me the most has been the official interviews and statements with Israeli politicians and public intellectuals and rabbis and and uh, and soldiers and generals and uh, because they are they are I think have shocked the entire planet. There was a rabbi talking the other day, this is one of the leading rabbis in Israel, and I, I will look up his name and provide a link for you. And he was talking about the rest of the world. Everybody who is not a Jew wants to be a slave to Jews. They know that's what's best for them. They lead wayward, meaningless, self-harming lives. and the solution is be a slave to the Jews. That's what they want. That's what they need. And David Sheen just was shaking his head, just, you know, even he was shocked. Um, But there was the other guy, the BlackRock executive, uh, is his name, Gitterman, I forget, saying he didn't understand people's concern. I'm so, I'm baffled, he said. I am baffled and bewildered by people's concern about Palestinian lives. What I don't understand is. Uh, the 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 message is constantly these are the subhumans. These are insects, reptiles, little snakes, as as one politician put it. And that, and a guy just today, who I think was a former member of the Knesset said, I think we need to clear Gaza, get rid of every single Palestinian, uh, drive them into Egypt wherever, or kill them. I mean, see, they say things like that. They say this is a they say kill them. And then we can empty Gaza and turn it into a national park. Now that's straight out of Hermann Garen. I mean, that was that was Hitler's plan, you know. I mean, straight out of the Nazi uh uh, you know, designed for Scandinavia and Eastern Europe. Okay, Johan. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think that's an important observation you make, and and one that several of you have uh, have made during the last weeks, that the the genocidal intent is is explicit, more and more explicit, and and as this has become more explicit, I think that reporting has sort of fatigued, at least in, in Swedish media. There's no. Still being reported anymore, and, and kind of the, the narrative sort of reverts back somehow to the default notion that that Hamas is is utterly evil. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter how many how many civilians are are killed by Israel. So you see newspapers over over here in Sweden now, sort of adding this disclaimer that, that Hamas are the bad guys. So so we're not to get confused by by the the horror of what's being done to the Palestinians. Is this something you see as well, or this sort of a, a fatigue in the, the Western reporting? Well,
0: I, what I wanted to say, I just want to, one of the points I I wanted to make about the way these politicians speak is I think it's, they're trolling. I think this is intentional. Ben Gitterman, whatever his name was, uh and and even netanyahu but people like uh, Yov galant and all of these people they know what they're saying is offensive they know the people they are saying it to are offended you can't talk about yeah i think crushing babies under tractors is very efficient i would why are you upset by that um And they use, they use these kind of voices, you know, and these, 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 this exaggerated expression of innocence. It's intentional. Now, the the question for me is why, what is, if these are intentional trolling, they know they're intentionally trying to horrify and uh, upset people and offend them. uh, Why are they doing that? Exactly. The only answer I have is because it, it puts the interlocutor, as it were, on the defensive somehow mm. be, because you you are forced to say, but what you're saying is horrifying. You're saying killing young children is okay. And they're going, yes, yes. What's the matter with that? Mm. Um, it's a it, 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 it kind of in, in terms of rhetoric, you, you're almost put into a position of weakness then in this dialogue. If that makes sense. I don't know. Um,
3: uh, Hiroyuki. Well, I I my impression is that I, aren't they doing it to uh, get the reaction, which is uh anti-Zionist uh, position. And of course that's defined as anti-Semitism. So
1: right, if right. the
3: media succeed in suppressing those trolling comments and um, amplify the reactions and term them as anti-Semitism, what you get is the momentum to go on with the uh, imperial project.
0: That's at least, we, yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. at least that's been, I think, you know, that's been going on for 75 years, I think. And, uh, but what what's going on is that I don't think it's, I don't think it's working, you know? It's yeah, well. getting too much and when it gets too much, The establishment, the Western establishment, will be forced to see it as it is and define it as it is. And when that happens, Israel is going to be the bad guy. And they do things for the US and the rest of the allies, and they can separate themselves from Israel, you know see the problem as between Palestinians and Israel and the US would come in with wise remarks, you know, you guys shouldn't be doing that. You know, right. here's the idea. And the idea is gonna be the imperial, you know, uh measures, you know, in okay. the
0: Yeah, uh, Corey, and then I want to answer that, because I don't think you're wrong.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I agree with that. But I also think that it's deliberate in the way that they are. I see it as them mining for um, like really sort of depraved Zionist ideology, and by saying these things, they know, like, just like that Zara fashion um, uh, that they had recently, they know that they're going to reach people that believe these things and think in these, in this depraved way that are not comfortable with, um, you know, pronouncing these ideologies in the public realm and this makes it normal and it makes people feel empowered to say these things and the more they say them the more normal it becomes and the more support they, they they're trying to get the support from people who are otherwise silent who think these things but don't necessarily you know come right out and say that they believe in these things and they um, support these things and so that's what yeah. i that's what i see I think I th- I think
0: yeah I think that's right, uh, I think that's right. I think there's several tiers of uh, several tiers of intention, as it were. This does several things at once. Doing this because they're all doing it. It's it, it, it's not an accident. It's not a one-off. It's not an aberration. They every politician is openly advocating for genocide murder and they're all all of them i haven't heard one deviate from the trope of there are no innocent palestinians even a little 5 year old girl blown apart that we saw pictures of the other she she's not innocent either she's a threat to israel
4: varun well in the in a continuation from what we saw in twenty twenty, and how much we do know about the globalism and the globalist agendas that the establishment has, of one world governments and so on and so forth, the currencies that they want to introduce, and I think there is a. I mean, why? I mean, to answer the question, why are they so being so vocal? I think it's also to drive home the point of how helpless the public actually is against trying to stop this. Just as much as we were in trying to stop the second lockdown and the rollout of the jabs and the resulting deaths and the illnesses that are coming out of that, it's quite visible. So to kind of destabilize the population of the world in the sense that the establishment has the final word, no matter what you say, I think it also drives home that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that segues nicely uh, into the the topic of the Houthis, mm. uh, I I um, I st- I stand in awe of the Houthis. Uh, not only have they cost Israel just in shipping insurance now and then, and then delays in products and so forth coming into. I mean, nothing has come into the country now for a week. Uh, something like six hundred million dollars or something—astronomical I mean, costs that Israel can't afford at the moment. But they have done it with um, absolute mastery of like public image. They had a party on one of the boats they captured. <laughs> they had, had boomboxes out, and they were dancing with this. The deckhands and stuff who were smiling and weren't afraid, nobody fired a shot, nobody has died. Uh, it's very interesting. It's very interesting because um, the the ships uh, are from different places. They may be owned by Israeli companies, but they fly flags of, of all kinds of places. Uh, Europe, South America, Malaysia, even a Muslim country. Uh, one was a, a Norwegian ship, in fact, uh, and and uh, the, but so the the sailors on these ships are from all kinds of places. They have no loyalty to this; is just a job, uh, <clears throat> loading and offloading stuff and and keeping the ship running. So it speaks to a number of things. Uh and it gets very complicated, and there are a lot of conflicting opinions about the Houthis and who is exactly funding them. And now the coalition, <laughs> another of the great American coalitions, the Seychelles, Nauru, the Marshall Island. I mean, it's just like a joke. Um, these non-countries, these <laughs> Little atolls in the Pacific that Hmm. vote, yes, we're going to... They don't even have road boats on the Marshall Islands, I don't think. Um, Nauru has an immigration prison, I know, they have that, but they don't have navies or anything. The vote at the UN had only 10 abstentions. Uh, Togo and another country in Africa abstained and a couple of odd countries that you wouldn't think of. But even the EU voted uh, in favor of the resolution condemning Israeli violence and the death of children, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. Um, You know, a meaningless, again, a meaningless UN vote. But but even even countries like Norway, who have signed on along with Nauru and the Marshall Islands uh, and the Seychelles, uh to to protect shipping uh against the houthi pirates uh even norway voted against israel in this u.n vote and now what is norway going to do and what is the united states going to do against the 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 houthi uh defenders of palestine the houthi pirates however you want to describe them what exactly do they intend to do and just to make two other minds the saudi arabia is you know caught between geographically literally caught between the two waterways and uh they know very well even though some suspect saudi funding of the houthis under the table that makes no sense to me but okay um they the saudis have have asked for caution have told the united states don't let this escalate it's a bad idea um and uh i think israel and the united states personally i think are terrified uh that this will escalate because because the houthis can shut down those waterways for 10 years uh you know in in two days they can shut them down for 10 years it would be catastrophic for the global economy so it is interesting joven
1: mm, yeah so so this this uh who ho- the involvement in the in the conflict it sort of brings it to another level entirely uh yeah because i i think about 20 percent of of the global petroleum trade transportation passes through the red sea here so this cannot be yeah, but, uh, this cannot be allowed to continue for very much longer and and uh, yeah the united states has launched this so-called operation prosperity guardian absolutely named okay. because in a situation where the empire's trade routes are not secure that's that's not a good sign of, of, of long-term stability you know but but right. the, the the classical i mean the 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 general makeup of the situation is that the houthi's are are backed by iran i guess so 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 where if, if they are now supported by saudi arabia that would be a surprising move but but also if if nato is going to like, like smack down yemen for, for, for this that, that would be i mean could could the west get away with with attacking Yemen after this, this bloody civil war with the hundreds of thousands of, of dead children. I mean that would be I'm I, almost incomprehensible to me.
0: Right, right. Well I I think um yeah I I th- I think that that there is also there are, are kind of military logistics here uh that because the U.S sent the Seventh Fleet in, whatever it was the USS, some uh, USS Gerald Ford or one of those, sent it in, as I said the other day, it was one of the USS dead presidents, uh, went mm-hmm. in as a, a big show of force and then turned around and left the next night under cover of night. Mm-hmm and and they were talking to so-called military experts who said, "Well, because they don't know what to do. What hmm. are they going to do? Exactly. Short of nuking Tehran, what are they going to do? And they probably can't do that. You see, this raises two other things I want people to comment on. One is uh, the 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 decline, in american military power is becoming ever more clear and uh and and they they are at a loss it's like time passes them by or something on a certain level they can ship armaments the defense industry is very big and um and they make bombs and give them to people and the bombs get used up but but the u.s has not had a very effective uh confrontation with anybody not in afghanistan not in syria uh and and not in sudan not anywhere and we're not in vietnam so so i think you have this slightly outmoded uh dinosaur-like navy and the other thing is the british sent the crown jewel of the british navy um her Majesty's something, and I forget the name. It's a very funny name. Anyway, it's the biggest ship in the British Navy, and it's famous for breaking down all the time. Uh, and it's become a source of you know, newspaper jokes in the UK and so forth. But it's on its way to the Gulf as well. And somebody said the betting shops are taking odds on, will it make it all the way? to the middle east (laughs)
1: uh
0: you know so so u.s nato power is 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 to be you know questioned the other thing is and then i leave it i open it to us the houthis are are connected to iran in some way they get support and funding from iran everybody presumes and nobody quite denies that they're shias they're not sunnis they're shias like iran so and shias are you know shias are are interesting mystical and and uh different those guys and Mm -hmm. and this is this is a kind of offshoot of of uh shia islam anyway so they're they're an interesting entity and nobody has much intelligence about about the houthis um or yemen in general the 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 sunni population in yemen was in contact with the west these guys never were and uh they are they're like those untouched tribes we were talking about the Sentinelese, is it my favorite ones on the indian island in the ocean uncontacted they are the last uncontacted um movement out there there's no intel the u.s has no intel on these guys and um that's probably part of of what scares them so um okay anyway uh back to a little bit more if uh, if anyone wants on on gaza but corey
2: yeah, I just want to say, even the other day, I was reading an article published on the Foreign Policy Research Institute website, um, American, and yeah, I mean, they definitely see this um, resistance group as a very, very real threat. And if you look at the article, and we can post the link, the author actually shows great respect for this group of um, resistant spiders, And I think it's so important that we change this whole framing um you know that's one way they always get ahead of us is with with how they frame everything for instance the war right where it's not a war it's a genocide right and yet the mainstream media now refers to it as a war we have to keep reminding people that there's not two um sides with two armies right there is no military army in palestine Um, We had the resistance, and I think you can't speak about if the people here in the West, especially, you know, for years, um, speaking to to decolonization, to anti-imperialism, anti-colonialism, if if you've taken part in those discussions, if that's, if those are things that you believe, um, you really, really have to support the resistance here, right, and not be afraid to support them for fear of being called, you know, being called names or saying that you're supporting terrorism. I think it's super interesting that the elect- what's it called? It's on um, that group, not the cradle. Um electronic and inf- in- what is it, infodot. And in- let me just see if I can find it. Do you guys know it? Electronic, electronic Intif- Intifada. Intifada. Cool. Um yeah, that I think it's media, YouTube. I um I've just been reading it lately and they're really, really good. Um, They've been talking. I'm not sure one or two uh, of the people behind that outfit. They've been framing it, I think, correctly as a humanitarian military intervention, right? Yemen, and and I think that's really correct. Um, And I think that's the way it should be framed. I mean, it's interesting how we called the attack and annihilation of Libya, how that was done in the name of um, RTP, Responsibility to Protect, right, humanitarian intervention, and that's how they were selling the no-fly zones over Libya, and then they tried for Syria, um, humanitarian intervention, and then when we actually have a genocide being, um, you know, basically live streams to the world, all of a sudden, there's no mention of that at all. And, and I think it's important to support, again, just keep supporting the resistance, all these factions of resistance, referring it to um, a humanitarian military intervention, supporting the resistance. I think it's so, so important. And like I said, don't refer to it as a war. It's a genocide. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, sure, I don't know sure. how anyone could disagree with that. And again, yeah, like but- we we always talk about the importance of language and framing and and again ceasefire now no we need to end this occupation yeah yeah right mm-hmm.
0: no absolutely uh um you can radio that ceasefire bullshit. uh i you know i'm i don't want a ceasefire i mean i want people to stop shooting palestinians I want zionists to stop killing but Um, i want an end to the occupation i i I want an end to uh this brutal absolute imprisonment of an entire population and you know i have provided links last time we all did and and i'm going to again and i hope that people listening will take the time to listen to some of them you should listen to everything miko pellet says I mean, this is a guy who was the son of Zionist aristocracy. His father was a famous general, one of the original um, main guys. I mean, he, he is in the pantheon, and uh, Pellet grew up in a household, you know, with all these famous names. He knows everybody, Moshe Dayan and Golda Meir, and, you know... And um, and I've watched him over 10 years talk, you know, he wrote a book, The General's Son, and it's, it's beautiful. It's incredible. It talks about his mother's shame at the theft of land and houses from the people she grew up in in the neighborhood. Um, his increasing discomfort with the lies of the origin story of, of, um of israel in 1948 and so forth and but i've watched him go from a kind of reasoned truth telling to now just just he's outraged he's so unbelievably angry and i he's the most composed guy in the world and he no longer is he's just he just says stop and put an end to zionism they didn't go make the the desert bloom they stole the blooms that were already there, that the Palestinians had created. They stole everything. They didn't create anything. They stole everything. So stop this, this mythifying, it's just not true. And, and he says, you can't argue with me, because I grew up in this household. I was there. My sister was friends with Bibi Netanyahu in school. I know all of these people. Uh, it's he, he and he's done, he does a lot, a lot of um interviews, and he's worth listening to and reading absolutely. You know, Norman Finkelstein is another one. Elon Pape is another one. Been a lot of historians that have that have gone over this. And I think that, as Corey you were just saying, <clears throat> the correct framing is is getting out there now. People are are saying, word colonial you know a settler occupation uh and and that this is a genocide you know no number of visits from jerry seinfeld to tel aviv can wash the blood away from from people's minds you know the images are there there's so many horrifying you know Uh, horror fatigue sets in seeing children clutching their their dead parents on the street little three and four year olds what do you do with an image like that you know if you're a parent what do you do with that um crushing people under tractors who are still alive and it's on it's video so When these people get on television, the Zionist representatives and say, no, but you know, Hamas raped and beheaded children and they, whatever, they, you know, set on fire my monopoly game, it was horrible. Um, They're lying, they're lying. And that was one of, um, I forget who Caitlin said the other day, she goes, it's pretty clear that Israel lies about everything, everything. They lie about everything just don't believe anything at this point confronting the lies is pointless because every single thing they say has been a lie and i think that's getting out there that that has made a dent and yes you have hollywood and the you know u.s government and um you know they They can stamp their feet and and keep trotting out these fairy tales about uh the most moral army in the world but it's not and it's also you know it's also hardly the most effective military in the world a lot of stories about massive losses for the israeli the idf in this conflict they've suffered huge casualties and they are suppressing this information um so so uh you know i think i think on some level the the publicity the telling of this in in the public sphere you know electronic media has been more effective than we might think actually johan
1: yeah on on the most moral army in the world uh, i just read that israel have, have dropped these, uh, these uh, Mark 82 bombs on, on Gaza, uh, apparently the, the most powerful conventional explosives uh, in the 60s during the Vietnam War. And I mean, they they, they packed like a 1,000 pounds of, of, of TNT. They have a shrapnel radius of 400 yards. You, you don't use these for precision strikes. And, and we all know how, how small, how, how tiny this territory is. So the fact that they're using these... these kinds of ordinance this is uh, that's a lot. but what uh, on on the situation in, in general uh, I have read I cannot find very much in in mainstream western media so can, can one of you guys just give me the the, the overview now what, what is the death toll currently at in gaza
0: um I, you know I don't I don't know the exact figures now 20 i don't know actually um over ten thousand children i believe have died uh there are people on twitter that should be followed mads gilbert the norwegian doctor has lots of updates Um, i'm going to provide links there's a number of arab uh journalists the ones they've also israel's murdered 96 palestinian journalists Um, You know, it's extraordinary. And then you see, did anybody see Biden's, (laughs) Biden's walk on stage yesterday? He wandered on stage and you could see his handlers were horrified. He just completely lost where he was. I mean, he was talking to himself and waving to like imaginary friends, turned his back on the audience and was staring at nobody knew it was so painful. He was just, I mean, it was like watching a completely senile old man lost on the street. You would go help him if you saw it at, you know, your local park. He would go say, can I, is there somebody we can call, mister? Uh, And that's, this is the leader of the free world, you know, and and whose son is um, probably headed for some kind of jail time. I mean, we are at this. This is another discussion, Corey. I posted that thing. You a Michelle Bachman's um, rant, racist rant about uh, Palestinians. Uh, Nikki Haley claimed that Hamas attacked on October 7th because it's Putin's birthday. That's why they chose October 7th. Devious <laughs> fucking Arabs, you know? Um, these are people that have run for president in both cases in the United States. I mean, what, I I mean, this is, this is cloud cuckoo land. And, um, anyway, uh, so I, this is stuff that, where does this end? Because I also want to go on to, um, some COVID and other stuff that all of you have been, um, doing work on, um, and have things to say about but I just want to leave the Israelis thing. I think what has become important is that people are unafraid to use the word colonialism, occupation, settler colonialism and genocide. These words are now being used. People might argue about it. There's obviously the Hasbro and the trolls zionist trolls are out and the publicity machine in hollywood is in overdrive yes 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 but around the world people are horrified Uh, in norway almost everybody is pro-palestinian maybe not the newspapers or the government or they're quiet about it but on the street uh people people are are pro people are horrified by the death of children norway loves children you know they have a great system for children and and they're you can tell people people are disturbed deeply disturbed by this and i i think i think they are most places any sane person and it it raises the question about just how insane or depraved you have to be like a jerry seinfeld uh, or mick jagger uh or uh whoever to uh to openly enthusiastically support alec baldwin what an asshole wow Uh, um how 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 morally bankrupt i mean you're just overdrawn at, at the bank of morality and um close mr baldwin's account okay any other topics like the COVID? i think johan you had you were doing stuff, um, but does anybody have updates on that or things to talk about with that?
4: Or well, you Now we've got we've got a rise in cases in multiple states in India, and suddenly it's also in the news about Delhi, and they're asking people to bring back masks and stuff like this. So I think they're going to start doing that stuff again. <laughs> And usually it's like change of season, people start falling a bit ill and they all start saying that people are starting to get COVID again. And Nobody's talking about the thousands and thousands and millions of people that are falling sick or dying from the shots. Nobody's talking about that at all, anywhere. But it's just mask mandates are being kind of requested by the government in the mainstream now.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, Mark Crispin Miller, constantly updates the number of people um sick from mysterious co- young people dropping dead young people with serious uh, um, cancers serious conditions uh that oncologist very famous you know, i'll find, i'll supply the link uh made a statement the other day uh that it's time to ju- withdraw all of these vaccines because we don't know exactly how dangerous cuz it's possible they are they are extraordinarily dangerous he has personally never seen the level of cancers appearing in young people and and young middle-aged people that he has seen over the last few years he's and oh. and he adds it's increasing you know the appearances are increasing um, and, and, you know, uh,
4: yeah, go ahead. There's one more thing. I think Pfizer has just bought a small company that specializes in drugs for turbo cancers. Yeah. Pfizer yeah. has just bought a company that's doing medication for turbo cancers. So that's also oh. in the news now. Not really being publicized too much, but yeah. Yeah, hmm.
0: yeah. Um, no, I don't know. where. Where are the... I don't know what the official uh government positions are on any of this i've been so consumed with the middle east i do know that i am seeing public figures politicians um in masks more and more and more uh and and the usual suspects are cropping up that crazy uh woman in canada who's the surgeon general or whatever she is Uh, who I mentioned in my speech in Stockholm. And two women came up to me after that speech and said, they knew people at medical school who claimed she was a man during medical school. (laughs) They say, you know, take it for what you will, but they know two people from medical school that absolutely claim um, Amy was not Amy at that time. Um, But I heard she is making appearances now uh and and uh it, it all seems to be getting done very quietly uh and of course there's the, the the world health organization uh whatever you call it uh agreement they are trying to get pushed through everywhere um and mean, i don't but i'm woefully uh um What's the word? Not up to date. I'm not up to date on this, but apparently neither are any of you. So um, there are some other topics here um, worth talking about, including the elections coming up and the EU. Um, Finland is now a member of NATO officially. Mm-hmm. And we we should mention the state of the Ukrainian conflict. Um uh, And and there are some good links for that um, as as well uh, because the U.S. is prepared to send one more massive uh, money payment to Ukraine. I almost said they're sending it to Zelensky, and I guess they are in fact (laughs) sending it to Zelensky because there's no point. I mean, there are a dozen interviews with Ukrainian soldiers. who say they don't want to fight they don't want to go back out there it's it's a slaughter it's a meat grinder and and they have no chance of winning and the equipment doesn't work and even their guns often don't work and they're short of ammunition they have to count cartridges Uh, it's a it's a nightmare it's just another nightmare brought to you by the United States Uh, and ultimately the slaughter in Gaza is brought to you by the United States. And people often have said to me, God, I mean, you just think everything is the fault of the United States. And I go, yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) If you can tell me something that's not, I'm happy to listen. Um, Corey.
2: Well, I don't know. Did I have my hand up? no i'm just, just calling, calling me? On you <laughs> you're Caitlin. just making sure my brain is working um ursula bonder late however you pronounce her name on december 18th shared a post on x ironies of all ironies i quote unquote i honor the memory of the victims of the 1994 genocide against the tutsi i also honor the rwandan nation as a whole who found the strength to forgive Well, the past shall never be forgotten. Rwanda has emerged ready to build a bright future as a modern and united country. I just thought how crazy that was during while we're witnessing the whole world bears witness to the genocide of Palestinian people. For her to have the nerve, the audacity to make this post just goes to show how utterly depraved and, and insane this whole culture has become. You know, it's just basically incredible. Now I notice, I know that she doesn't say never again, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe that phrase will be dropped.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm wanting to look up this this title here. Hold on. Um, No, I can't on my computer. Okay, um, but maybe somebody else can. yeah the rwandan genocide is is worth having a discussion about and uh uh there are a couple of really great books because it's interesting if you look at the breakup of yugoslavia uh and and the so-called rwandan genocide the story that the public is given in both cases was exactly wrong of course and a complete lie um and uh <clears throat> the the serbs were not to blame milosevic was not a butcher so forth and so on and paul kagami who became the darling of the west was in fact the you know war criminal extraordinaire and no you know bono i saw by the way visited uh did he visit the middle east now he's visited ukraine he's gone to... anyway you know, no matter how many celebrities visited Paul Kagami in Rwanda, how many visited the wrong sides, multiple in in Yugoslavia, made appearances at at the you know the the uh show trial of Milosevic at The Hague, uh and I wrote articles about that. Chris Black was one of the lawyers. Tiffane Dixon, I know them both, were were counsels for Milosevic. Uh, every story you told, were told, was a lie. I mean, literally every single thing. And there are still people who think. I came up today on social media about starvation because Gazans are being starved, and they said, see, just like the Serbs did in Bosnia, and I had to correct the guy and said, the picture of the man behind the fence, whose name was Fikret Olic, uh, was not behind the fence. He was actually outside the fence. The Hollywood team that Penny Marshall had photographing were the ones inside the fence. And he had a medical condition. He wasn't starving at all. He was a perfectly healthy. guy. Um, but it was a useful photograph, and so uh, you know they they ran with it. And and it was no different than babies torn from incubators or um, the weeping, um, you know, Banna. What's her name? The little Syrian girl. Oh, uh, Banna. Yeah. Yeah. Any of the. I mean, it's 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 wag the dog it's it's um it 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 is it is just it is these marketing firms and rwanda was was one of the most egregious propaganda campaigns ever i know there's um a number of great books on all of this uh george Samwelli has one uh, there's a book bombs for peace on both rwanda and and um, the former Yugoslavia, and I will provide links for all of this. This is stuff that I really hope people who listen to this podcast will take the time to read. Uh, You know, we've had discussions among ourselves here at AR, um, wondering why we are perhaps not uh, as, as... social media savvy as some places because we have modest following, loyal, modest but loyal. Uh and I think it's because I and this is a topic worth exploring. I think it's because I hope it's because we try, all of us here, Barun and Corey, Oh, and Yuki. Um to accept the complexity and difficult nature of these stories, that there is these are not clickbait headlines uh that 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 people love to embrace and run with. Oh, the real reason. Anytime there's an article that begins the real reason Ukraine did this or that, the real reason uh Netanyahu was slaughtering Gazans, the real reason it is suspect immediately because it's clickbait it's it's a sensationalist kind of headline there is no one the reason there are always multiple very complex deep historical forces that need to be tweezed apart there is no hook gotcha uh you know to no reveal as they would say in our hollywood story conference um uh, and and i wish Social media didn't encourage that kind of thinking as much as it does. Um, Johan.
1: Yeah, uh, social media is so, so, a yeah, so, shithole. But yeah, I, I take the night train down to work down in Uppsala from the north uh, like a couple of times a month. And I I meet lots of interesting people there uh, sometimes. And a couple of weeks ago, I rode with this, this guy from... From Rwanda, he he served in the military during the genocide, and he he told me a lot about the his his experiences there. And they apparently, stole the entire adventure, like like this, it was this Rambo esque, uh, uh, Hollywood uh, uh, adventure to, to the these young guys. So they they had very specific expectations going into the situation. and Anyway, he he trained to be a psychologist afterwards, not, not least to, to work out his own issues, I guess. But he, he did give Ursula uh, von der Leyen uh, like, uh, a point because apparently Rwanda is now rebuilding really substantially for the for the first time in the 90s. But I also I was wondering if you'd heard that. U.S. funding, U.S. military aid to Ukraine will not be approved before, or at least January. Uh, I mean, Stolensky was that he did this funding run to the U.S. a couple of weeks ago, which apparently failed to to garner support, and this is utterly disastrous for for the the Ukrainian military. Apparently, so uh, it seems that. Yeah, the situation is very dire, and they're they're gonna
0: draft half
1: a million new troops, I heard last time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um and there's nobody left, you know. Right. There's nobody left.
1: Like fifty-eight-year-old um, guys.
0: I mean when you when you think about uh, it could be my last blog post I had touched upon colonialism, colonial history, because any discussion of Israel um leads to a discussion of colonialism naturally and uh some of the numbers shocked even me uh everybody knows about because there's been a couple of good books written on uh king leopold the belgian congo the horrors there but people tend to forget about uh Uh, German West Africa, the German colonial history. Uh, People forget about the Portuguese colonial history, the Dutch colonial history. Van Diemen's land, which was British, Tanzania, actually. That was 100% genocide. There's a very haunting, disturbing photograph of four old Tanzanians from 19. 20 or something they're elderly now they were the last living tanzanians and the woman on the far right of the photograph you can google this and find it on the far right of the photograph was the very last one to die and with her death went the death of their language and everything else associated with that culture uh the the monumental horror of that just just tends not to interest people it's a strange thing uh, but my point the last colonial adventure was Mussolini and Italy in Eritrea and Ethiopia where they use chemical weapons to uh, kill the in quotation marks natives uh, cheered on by Winston Churchill of course a colonialist bitter racist uh, but you know, recently voted the greatest uh, British man of all time, I mean, I had a Shakespeare, you know. Uh, it's 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 bewildering sometimes. i I often think I you know, maybe it's too recent the history of colonialism to really have an effect on people growing up to understand. That this was not that long ago, and and that we, you know, there's a reason that that um, South Africa supports the Palestinians, and and uh, uh, and this is just somehow not understood uh, that they don't see Hamas as as a, a terrorist organization. Uh, Algerians don't. They, they, the Arab world doesn't the people on the street and and this leads back to a discussion of my disagreements with certain people who have been great on the subject of Gaza you know but they are anti-communist anti-socialist anti-Marxist they were maybe often not great on the subject of COVID they were they blindly stumbled forward supporting the vaccination and uh Even if they're they've been very good about about um, Zionism, and it becomes this is why those clickbait headlines bother me so much. There is no single reason. The canal, the Ben Gurion Canal, is not the reason this is happening right now. It's connected. Everything's connected. Yes, it's a it's an opportunistic sidebar to this. That's not why. the The whys are so. Uh, infinite almost there is a 75 year history there is a history before that going to the back to the fin de Ciel in Vienna where Herzl lived down the street from Freud and Hitler I mean the forces of the late 19th century uh, have to be read about and studied if you want to understand where we are today it's just that there is no hook. It's not simple. And I'm really sorry for people who are lazy about this, but there's no hook. And um, it, it, it requires study. It's, you, I think I'm rambling on a lot here. I'm doing too much talking. I think people have instincts that are often much better than their intellect um they don't they don't trust their learning or their reading or whatever but their instincts are really sharp I know a number of people like that and their instincts about the Palestinian thing have been terrific and by and large those same people had great instincts about COVID they were people that would say to me in a quiet voice I don't buy this bullshit I don't believe in the climate thing either I think that's a that's a grift you know um it, 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 so it's it's it, this is the this is the problem with the erosion of public education and the rise of social media and electronic media. Um as a it's a bad marriage of forces, I think. Okay. Um varun heroyupi, anybody?
3: Yeah, I think it's it's uh um, <laughs> <laughs> um Yes. I think we're all overwhelmed with the, um, you know, the intensity of the craziness and uh, um, it's sort of speechless. But, um, it, it, yeah, I mean, what you're saying is, totally makes sense, because um, if people focus on um, um, certain issues here and there, um, it always gives the system to accommodate and uh, uh, make it part of the... Uh, uh, system um you know just just like uh, slavery was abolished which is great uh but it moved into uh, uh institutionalized racism and uh, all kinds of atrocities mm-hmm. against minority populations so the capitalist structure always have this um flexibility to uh, uh tackle those things and um and also those uh Isolated issues are substituted to the uh, uh, real crisis, which is capitalist crisis, which comes and goes once in a while, and that takes care of it, you know, just as the uh, um, uh, war on crimes, war on drugs, those things led to the, uh, um, uh, you know, um school prison uh pipeline and uh um uh the militarized police and um uh gentrification so you know revitalized the industries in you know um uh, ways that are that are beneficial to the um, uh, the system and also um i think people are stuck in their uh positions the class uh positions and uh yeah they can only um talk about their uh narrowly defined interest in order to protect their position in the capitalist structure so you know there's uh, all kinds of things um uh going into this tendency uh, of um um Issues here and there, and uh, people are divided. And of course, like you're saying, the social media platforms totally um, emphasize that. You know, it caters to certain ideas, divide people, and clickbait. And you know, if, if you're in sender, in, um if you're um, if you say something sensational, you know, you can um, increase your uh, clicks and uh so th- th- there are yeah, you know it's right. designed to serve the tendency and um yeah, yeah it all clicks. something
0: no i think that's a a good point to the the i mean look taylor swift has what did we 90 million followers or something um it's it's extraordinary and uh Michelle Bachman was trying to run for president and had some traction. Stupidity is no impediment to advancement in, in capitalism, and, and especially advanced capitalism as it, as it functions today. It's more and more illogical and irrational. And so I think if you have a podcast, you have a blog, and you write difficult stuff, it's very hard to get the word out we have all suffered this whether you think what what we do or i do is good uh, i think it's hard to argue that it's that it's not it's not difficult it's not an easy read and uh uh most people don't have the time the inclination the conditioning these days has been to very quick you know snap scanning of things and their opinions are formed in this quick snap way So uh, I think think it is a kind of Sisyphean task. One is is going uphill for sure, but I, I can only encourage people that do listen to us to tell others to listen to us if you think it's worthwhile what we do and to share this stuff because we are not naturally a magnet for clicks or anything else and we don't monetize this i've never monetized my blog and i get offers every week to monetize well you know you do much we could pay you quite a bit uh, with a couple of ads in there and i just i just can't do it why the fuck? i mean what kind of hypocrite would do that so um, but but most people do most people are have a lot of advertisements on on their internet uh sites and i'm very alone in having none and i don't sell subscriptions because i don't believe you should do that if if you're an anti-capitalist and anti-imperialist uh, i don't think you monetize any of it no subscriptions it's all free all the time to anybody um I don't turn down gifts, you know, donations, but uh, but that's not why I or anybody here does what we do. All right. Final thoughts, Corey.
2: Well, on that note uh, of I'm not monetizing things, I wanted to give a shout out. A thank you to John Elig. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name properly. Um, but he had sent in a donation of 500 bucks a few months ago to support the wrong kind of green website because Forrest Palmer um, pulled out of that with me. So I wanted to thank him for that. And I haven't had a chance to send him a note or a card yet. So thank you, John. And I wanted to thank Karen Ryder who came to the rescue. And um, when the website was attacked and brought down, she came and fixed it all and got it working for, for, for no cost at all. She did it. In exchange for all the knowledge that she had obtained from the website over the years, that's what she said. So I'm really, really um, grateful to to both of them and all the readers and the people that share the articles and all the people that want um, a better world for for everyone in it. And then just talking about um, being intuitive and something you said, I'm not sure, John, something you said a few episodes ago, you just in passing had said how people basically anyone can learn right read the article read it again, read it three times right just start mm-hmm. there you, you don't have to be an academic or you know mm-hmm. some sort of brain to to be able to read and learn and just start anywhere and in regard to that anti-communist sentiment you know often I've thought <laughs> in very simplistic terms you know if this system if this system, communism as opposed to capitalism, if it was destined always to fail, then why did the US um, just, why didn't they just stand back and watch them fail, right? Why was every single thing put into the destruction of every state that attempted to try it, right? Like, you know, over and over again, we saw this. And if Western countries um, believe in capitalism as the best for the people, then why wouldn't they just sit back I mean, if that's truly the priority of the state, right, is the people, and the people that it's to represent, then why not support countries who want to, um, you know, attempt communism, and why not support these experiments to see if humanity could be um, better organized, and to actually see if it organiz- if this new organized society could serve citizens better. You know, and then if it does, then we can all go that direction, right? Working together. But instead, they they you know, over and over eliminated these countries, right? Over and over and over. So what? You know, again, we have to ask ourselves why. So they obviously didn't care about the people in these countries, right? That they were impoverished, or you know, the atrocities um, that they put onto these countries. They went in and would you know basically kill off the leaders and kill everybody and um, just stop you know, quote unquote, the spread of communism. And so we're left with the only reason that it could be to keep the capitalist system intact. And, you know, that nothing can threaten the capitalist system, nothing can serve it because it serves a certain class of interest, right? Which is the ruling class. And then we saw that again during the whole Great Reset and the World Economic Forum. We saw Al Gore, Schwab, everyone, you know, with that famous, we can't replace um, capitalism, right? We With any other system, we have to retain capitalism. Then we saw the term stakeholder capitalism. Um, so anyway, I, I just wanted to say that just common sense observations, basically. I wanted to speak to that.
0: I think that's a great comment. And and um, <laughs> I I think it's. I think that is true. It's that that people are smarter than they realize. Uh, idea, uh, Johan.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I agree, and I have a I have a tangent on what Corey just said on on the threats to the system. I just wanted to go back to the the Houthi situation again because a question I think we should ask is: what happens here if if the West cannot defend these Red Sea shipping lanes? Because of this tiny little little backwater country can, can push aside the, the U.S. Leviathan, what does this really mean for the global balance of power? What what does this portend for the near future of the Israel Palestine conflict? Uh, I just read that global shipping costs have gone up by fifty percent in a week just due to these attacks. Yeah, yeah. And This could trigger enormous financial stress and 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 the actual supply chain disruptions. And, and the leader of the Houthis just warned that they're going to strike U.S. warships if the United States targets the, 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 the militia. And these warships, as you said, John, they're not designed to to effectively combat cheap drones, and they cannot cost-effectively counter these, these kinds of threats. So uh, I don't see what the West can do and what happens if the West cannot defend these sea lanes. It, it's yeah. hugely significant.
0: Um. Okay. That's a great, um, a great ending. I I will just add a final addendum, uh, which is um, in 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 looking at these things, our disposition of anti-clickbait, trust your instincts, read difficult stuff, even if you think you're not understanding it, you're understanding it much more than you realize and cory's point and others have mentioned it we all have but cory's point just now that if communism is so bad why does the united states and the west fear it so much anti-communism has been the driving force of western foreign policy for uh, mm-hmm. ever um, and certainly since the end of world war ii and and they go out of their way, whether it's the Contras or Hugo Chavez or the Maoists in Nepal or anywhere there is anything resembling a, a, a collective coming together of people to, to determine their own future and destiny. The U.S. is terrifying because that smacks of socialism, communism, and they put an end to it. They'll kill the leaders, they assassinated Lumumba, they assassinated Gaddafi, and uh and a and a dozen others. And uh they they are terrified of nothing quite so much as people taking uh control of their own lives. Okay, thank you everyone, Johan, Corey, Maroon, Hiroyuki. Thanks to Jack Littman in Los Angeles, and uh, hopefully, we'll be back in less than a month. Next time. Thank you, everyone.
2: Oh, thank Bye. you. Bye.
0: Okay. Thank you. Bye. Mr. Delhi,
2: don't say that, yeah, boy, you shouldn't do that. (laughs) Mr. Delhi, don't say that, move, I say you shouldn't ever say
1: that.